Welcome to Girls Who Heal, the podcast. This podcast was created specifically for all the incredible girlies on their healing journey. We're here to support and uplift you as you navigate your personal growth and self-discovery. This podcast is for the girls who are healing, not yet healed. The ones who show up every day with the commitment to be their best selves. Welcome back to Girls Who Heal podcast, the podcast dedicated to supporting the girlies who are on their healing journeys. We're here to empower those who are committed to their personal growth and becoming the best versions of themselves. So before we get into the topic, let's just take a moment to check in. How are you? I feel good. Um, I feel pretty good. I, I won't complain. I've been on this journey of growth getting uncomfortable and releasing a lot and so it's been an emotional roller coaster this past week but nevertheless it's it's yielding a better version of myself that I know is gonna put me in spaces and positions that are gonna help other people mm-hmm. so I'm feel good about that yeah it's scary but it's okay. Yeah. Like, I'm going to trust the process. Mm-hmm. And you recently went to Dallas. I How did. Was that? I went to Dallas. I went to Women Evolve. It was my first one. Um, I do plan to attend next year. And for me, the experience was, I don't know, it was like to be in a in a space amidst so many women to support. Like, it just gives me hope, you know what I'm saying, to, to stay the course and and just, I don't know, I was so inspired. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you you, you on the right, you on the right track. Like, I got so many takeaways from there that I, I wrote down notes and stuff like that. I took my ma- I took my baby, and it was so it was our first time. So they had like a young woman's evolved conference too for um, young ladies that was twelve to seventeen. And so her takeaways from our conversation was just like. I was so emotional, like, you know, I'm a chemistry too, so I could I contribute to that. But uh, aside from that, I was just like, man, this is, I'm just so proud and, and happy to be on this journey with her too. And at her age, I had never been exposed to anything like that. And so mm-hmm. I'm just thankful that I was in a position to bring her along mm-hmm. and that they offered that. And so it was good. I love that for you. You I went love. to Dallas too. Well, that was... A couple of weeks ago. But yeah, yeah. I didn't go for all that empowerment, but yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> but um, as far as life goes for me, I'm still in the process of like getting in the flow with school and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And so that's what I've been doing. I did start back with therapy. That's what's up, man. At this point, baby, I've had the United I mean... Nations of therapists. <laughs> My new therapist, she's Asian, so how's she you know. feeling? I mean, I, like I mean, are you feeling the, the vibe with her? I like her. She does like somatic practices, oh. and so like it works a lot with like your fight or flight yeah. and like what the trauma feels like in your body. Mm. And so like she does a lot of that type of stuff, and then kind of like breathing through it yeah. type of thing. So I like it. Oh. It's pretty. It's been pretty good. I'm intrigued, but she did trigger me. I ain't gonna lie. Okay, but mm-hmm. y'all was able to work through it. No, we wasn't. Okay, so. I just feel like this is like a difference of opinion type of thing. Oh. Like she was like, "So what's your social economic status?" And you know, I'm like, "Okay, well, maybe technically, according to American standards, I'm poor." And she was like, "It seems like you're struggling to say that." And I'm like, 
yeah, I'm struggling because that's not my reality. Right. And she didn't necessarily understand that. She might be putting me on medication, y'all, because she like, this bitch is delusional. <laughs> but, you know, I don't like to speak that type of shit over yeah, my existence. Right, right. Because, like, to me, I feel like I'm abundant regardless of what my finances exactly. look like. I feel that. Okay. You better preach. Oh, girls. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All, All right. right. But let's get into the topic. So today's topic will be father wounds and how they affect us in childhood and mm-hmm. adulthood. Yeah. All right. So did you know what father wounds were before we? Honestly, that word has kind of been more present these past few weeks. And so I've been kind of trying to dive in to understand it mm-hmm. because although I have felt like you know, I, I may have some father wounds, I didn't want to necessarily... Um, say that's what it was because I wasn't sure exactly mm-hmm. what it was. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I know a little bit more about it now for sure. Okay. Yeah. So the definition <clears throat> of father wounds, it's a term used to refer to damage that is done when a person has an absent or abusive father. Mm-hmm. A father doesn't need to be physically absent to cause a wound. Emotionally absent fathers can be just as damaging. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, types of damage that can appear in people who have father wounds are poor self-esteem, Mental health problems such as anxiety and depression, anger, poor boundary setting, unhealthy relationships, choosing emotionally absent partners, and unhealthy perfectionism. So we're going to dive into the, the first topic. You want to ask the, the first question? I will. So okay. what was your relationship <laughs> like with your father growing up? Um, so from what I can recall, I would say like the first, well, first six years, our relationship was I felt like it was pretty cool. Um, he was present, um, um, have a support system, of course, because he's a, um, I would say, needed that support because I had young parents, so teen parents, 16 to 17. So, again, they pretty much trying to figure their own lives out. But from what I can recall, those first few years of my life was pretty good. And then after that, I feel like it got pretty rocky the the more um you need as a kid you feel like what I learned reading about father wounds and stuff like that based off our relationship he was emotionally unavailable and so um although he was present he wasn't present does mm-hmm. that make sense mm-hmm. so I struggle with that relationship with um between us he was kind of controlling and had a lot of different, I felt like, personalities. So we put on for the public that he this the best father and shit like that. But behind closed doors, it was just, it was such a strain. It was like, it was like staying at a child's place. So you don't have any feelings, no emotions and shit like that. So it was, I feel like I didn't have such a safe space. But as far as our relationship was, it was rocky as fuck. Um, I didn't feel like I could talk to him about anything. Um, and so I often felt um, like abandonment type issues. What was uh, your relationship like, relationship like with your dad growing up? So my dad died when I was two. So I don't remember anything about him at all. Like in the least bit. Mm-hmm. I see pictures and I'm like, oh, I met that nigga before, you know. Yeah. But I don't remember nothing yeah. about him at all. Yeah. Um, and so... I, too, have, like, abandonment issues mm-hmm. based on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that's pretty much it. Like, okay. Because, um, like I said, I don't remember anything. I do have, like, memories that come up 
in the form of dreams. Okay. And I'll like ask my mama, I'll be like, did this happen? And she'd be like, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, it's funny because like I remember the, what led to his death. So my dad died in like a house fire. Okay. And so I remember like that day and what happened. And I remember like my mama like gathered us all and like took us outside. Yeah. And he stayed inside. He was trying to put the fire out. Mm-hmm. And so he had like, you know, a lot of burns and stuff like that. And he was in the hospital for months before he passed. But, and then I would, like, ask my mom, I'm like, did, did this happen? Like, because I remember leaving the house. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, like, visiting him in the hospital mm-hmm. and showing him videotapes. Yeah. And my mom was like, yeah, that happened. And so it's like, that's all. The only memories I have really are the ones that come up in dreams. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, as we're talking, some other things that kind of come up, I guess they kind of go with controlling. Like my father was very possessive. I felt more like property than like a daughter. So I feel like whereas those first few years of life where I felt like it was pretty cool. I got a glimpse of what, um, of what father daughter relationships that I, I aspire to have or have had, you know, um, growing up. But I feel like I was more like property than I was, an actual being or of any value of things like that. And so it, that definitely like, I feel like carried on. Mm-hmm. And that's been something that I've been struggling with and read more about this, like father wound topic. It um, has brought to my attention that a lot of the relationships and shit that I've, I've had were me trying to overcompensate for what I didn't have in the relationship with my dad. And mm-hmm. so it's like, hmm, I, I, I didn't never even correlate the two. It felt familiar, and so I went with it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Even though the shit was toxic as fuck, um, it, I kind of, I just went with it. And so, I don't know. It's just so much that I'm unpacking still with this, with this topic. Um, these are things that I wish I could talk to my dad about or, you know, the relationship that him and I have today is non-existent. Um, Before you get into that. Yeah. I want to stop you. Sure. I love you. I love you too. And I feel like you're dancing around what you need to say. And I don't want to pressure you to say anything. But we talked about something last week. Yeah. And you just said something that kind of like set me off. So you, if you, at this point, you can, you can, you can stop me if you feel like you I'll, need you're to good. But listen. You're okay. Good. So you said like in the beginning, your dad was good. So you saw like the potential. Yeah. But we talked about something last week. Do you remember what I kind of asked you? Not exactly. Okay. So if, if this is not okay for you, you tell me, but it's cool. I said like, do you feel like oh. your dad was grooming oh. you? Yeah. Um, and I said very, I, I said possibly, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Now, I never really had shit presented to me in that way to where I I thought about it like that. Or, you know, it was just like, possibly, I can't say definitively because I don't know how it feels to not experience the strain that him and I had. I can accept that and I receive that. What I'm merely saying is that I didn't never think of it in that way, you know, until it was presented to me. Even in adulthood, it was like, um, 
fine. Take your time. I'm good. Okay. The the person who was supposed to be <clears throat> the provider, the protector, you know, I never, I didn't get that. But like I said, I did get a taste of it. Mm-hmm. After that, that my my home no longer became a safe space for me. Mm-hmm. So my dad, <clears throat> he took away something from me that I I can't get back. Yeah, you know. And so they always, um, I mean, they always stuck with me, and it made me feel so much shame. I carried around so much shame, so much so that. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't, I was afraid, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if I said something, that I would lose something that was toxic to me. And I don't even know why I was still trying to, was holding on to hope. I guess because of that, the little glimpse that I've got mm-hmm. in the beginning, that there was apologies and I accepted that. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, he was well aware of his actions and shit like that, you know, but he was very manipulative, manipulative. And so I get that too, carrying on to adulthood and to relationships. And now I'm just like, I, I subconsciously just kind of went for people who had some of those same traits and, and I wanted to fix that, but it's, it's, It's not for me to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I no longer felt safe in that space as a child. Um, Can I ask you a question? And you can can choose not to answer. This is is a safe space. Okay. I'm just saying. I want you to know that you have freedom. Yeah, this is a safe space. So can I ask you how long the abuse went on? It went on for about 13 years. That's a long time. It's a long ass time. Yeah. And so I think a part of that shame that I, I carried on, that I carry on, was because it, it went well into my adulthood. Mm-hmm. But it was at such an early age that the fear that was instilled in me for taking that, that leap of, of faith in knowing that if I was to speak up and get help or try to get help in any way, I'd be okay. I didn't I didn't feel that. Mm-hmm. And I was so disappointed in the adults around me because I felt like I had every fucking silent cry of help mm-hmm. that went unanswered. And so a part of me still resents that. Mm-hmm. But a part of me have to let that go because some of those same people, when I actually got enough courage to do that, they don't support me. They mm-hmm. they they looked at me as if I was just making some shit up. And mm-hmm. it was like, y'all have no idea how long I've been carrying this around. Mm-hmm. It was a fucking weight on me. Yeah. And for me to get that off and, and get support from a peer before I got it from blood, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, was very um, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd rather have someone who's going to be in my corner genuinely than, than say, uh, what the whole blood thinking of water. I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I have more, I have, some of my close relationships are with non-blood relatives, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or blood people, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, also, um, 
Do you know what made it stop at that point? Was it that you spoke up for yourself? Or yeah. Yes. That's, and that's crazy to say that. To think that, although I know that I wouldn't still be in a situation, um, just to think that there could still potentially be an attempt to do some shit to me, to harm me in any way, um, if I hadn't spoke up for myself. And the thing is, how it even came out was it was by a total accident. It was just like I was given an opportunity to uh, to ask. No, no, I was asked a yes or no question. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I needed because I couldn't actually formulate or articulate the words. Someone that this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. I need help. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm crying out. You know. Mm-hmm. And for that question to be asked and for me to say yes, in that moment, I experienced almost every fucking emotion that you can imagine. I was, I felt lighter, scared. I felt so much in that moment, but I knew it was the beginning of something that was bigger than me because I knew all along I couldn't be going through this shit just to be going through this shit. Like, this is this is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I was just like, I can't believe this. this now, it's, now it's time to take action and, and do what we need to do. Um, for me, it is still, um, you know, shit that I'm currently going through, like, with that situation. And so... Um, It's tough because um, I'm in a position to where I have to kind of keep reliving it, and I've been I've suppressed so much mm-hmm. because I don't want to feel it. Mm-hmm. I felt it enough. I, I don't want to experience. I don't want to. I don't want to feel that type of pain no more. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been scary for me is having a daughter, mm-hmm. um, and. So for me, the trauma between uh, that I experienced with my dad was um, at nine. Nine for me, <laughs> ooh, <sighs> has had a lot of highs and lows. Mm-hmm. But I was so anxiety filled when my daughter turned the age mm-hmm. because. That was the age in which my trauma occurred with him. And so um, I still have not had a conversation with her about that. Um, I feel like we're getting close to having this conversation. Um, I want to make it I want to make it a, a cool experience. I don't want to scare her or anything like that, but I want her to just have a awareness because I didn't have those conversations, but we do have conversations regarding safe touch, all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel so moved because nine has been so symbolic for me in, in so many different ways where I experienced, like I said, some highs and lows. But nevertheless, I've been pushing through. I think what's been getting me through is the ability to, in spite of the shit that I've gone through, mm-hmm. be some encouragement to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, be a light to some people sometimes in the, when they're in a dark place. And so that's kind of the shit that's kind of giving me hope. Um, initially, I was living for other people um, and 
and desiring to get through because it was a, a lot of times where I just wanted to fucking give up. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just die. I didn't want to go through it no more. But like I said, I know it's bigger than me. And so um, being the oldest, the oldest, I knew that they looked up to me. And I feel like if I was to just to take that route, I'll be um, letting them down in some way. So I had to push through. And so we've had, ha- I've had we've had some uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. And um, nevertheless, I've gotten a lot of support from my siblings. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 okay, so I'm going to take over. Um, yeah. I feel like, so you're very limited in even how you can express certain things or say certain things because everything has really kind of resurfaced for you. Yeah, more recently. It's a... It's kind a whole of, little thing going on. Yeah, like a case or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's a case going on. Um, and I, I, I'm, the mask is off. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it no more. To, for what? Mm-hmm. Like you said, like in our community, um, in black community, they sweep so much shit on the rug. And for so long, y'all, y'all see a bitch over here, back bent, carrying some shit that wasn't intended for me to carry. Yeah. I was a child, and yeah. I didn't have the support from adults. And now, like, looking back, I, I realize that, there's probably so much trauma in the family, whatever. Mm-hmm. But still, like, I feel like I need even I was a safe space. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You, you can have this conversation with me. Like, I didn't really have anyone telling me about that because, like I said, I was primarily living with my dad. And so when you brought up the whole grooming thing, that shit was like, damn, that shit at home. And that shit is just it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, it's fucking hard to swallow, to to think that it's sick ass people out here like that, and it's unfortunate. So then I go, I overcompensate in my. I don't want to say overcompensate, but I make sure I go out of my way to, to to inform my daughter, my niece. You know, that these are the things that that you don't allow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is what's okay, and I don't want you to ever feel like you can't come and tell me anything. I don't really feel like I feel like everybody's going through their shit that 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 space was never created for me to mm-hmm. which is why I struggled for so long to even say anything in the first place. Yeah. And I thank God for my friends for being courageous and bold and be a voice a advocate for me when I feel like I couldn't, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah, I mean ultimately I did get some support uh, from my mom. And it's so crazy because, like, we haven't really talked about it in depth. Mm-hmm. She's aware. And she rescued me from that space. Mm-hmm. She she questioned why I never told her, mm-hmm. but never really realized that she wasn't creating a space for me because, like I said, she was young. She was out living life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so I think I had worn such a great mask or put on so much so so that – she really didn't realize the shit was going on. And I, like I said, I hope she don't feel like I resent her in any way. I, I don't. But a part of me was disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'm here today. <laughs> a bitch taking steps and strides, you know what I'm saying? Um, it ain't easy by any means. But 
I am committed to this journey of healing. Yeah. It's very necessary. And it is so much bigger than big, bigger than me, bigger than us in this moment. And I'm just I'm just thankful to be <clears throat> given the opportunity to be on this this type of platform to to be uh able to tell my story. And granted it ain't come out all like I wanted it to. Yeah. A bitch got choked up. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean it's just the the first of many conversations. Mm -hmm. Um I thank you for creating a safe space for me, being mm -hmm. a listening ear, open ear for me. And um gracefully aiding me on this journey. Mm -hmm. And pushing me when necessary. Uh -huh. <laughs> and making me think about some shit that I never really thought about. Yeah. So. Um, and honestly, first I want to say thank you for sharing. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Um, but I, I honestly feel like it's something that you might be not necessarily aware of. Yeah. Or just like, you like to see the best in people all the time. You sound like every fucking body I talk All to. the time. I know. It's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing wrong with it. But I need you to know. I know. None of that shit was your fault. Yeah. He's the fucked up person. Yeah. And it's okay that he's the fucked up person. Yeah. I mean, it ain't. But you know what I'm saying? It like, is, right. Yeah. Like, we, we're accepting that. Yeah. And, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I had to realize that, um... <sighs> I've struggled with so many different things, which I'm I'm still working through. Mm -hmm. Low self-esteem, um, the poor boundary setting. Yeah. Um, distancing, especially when I'm going through shit. Because in those moments of me experiencing my trauma, I isolated. Mm -hmm. I never really came outside of my room from what, what I can recall, except for like bathroom, shower, kitchen, eat, back to my room. Because... I don't know. I felt unsafe. I felt so unsafe. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know. I found myself doing that type of shit and I had to be like, that's, that's not a healthy way of coping. Mm -hmm. Um, I going through shit alone mm -hmm. and, um, I'm trying to be more fearless mm -hmm. and speaking up and speaking out and getting the help that I feel that I know that I need to evolve into this higher self. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, nevertheless, I'm taking strides. And yeah. so, I, it's cool. You're doing amazing, sweetie. You're silly. No, I'm dead ass. <laughs> I appreciate that. You are too. Like, you for real. <laughs> this is not the Misha that I met, what, 12 years ago? That's a fact, baby. And I love that for you. Thank you. You inspire me. That makes me feel special. Like, you really do. I need to ass. hear that sometimes. Like, thank you. You fucking inspire me. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I love you. I love you, too. Woo-woo. So, <laughs> so silly. I think I need a drink. You go ahead. Okay. okay but I want to talk about, like, mm -hmm. how my father wounds have shown up. Yeah. Like I said, like, I had the abandonment issue. And so... In relationships, yeah, like I, I kind of have touched on this in the past, like just being like emotionally unavailable, and also Nisha used to love an emotionally unavailable man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Show me what my father gave me, you man. know, you know. And so it's like 
I've had to grow through that and kind of like tackle those issues. I've even seen it come up in my marriage. Yeah. And when I say that, I mean like, baby, they should be ready to leave because the goddamn bathroom ain't clean. You know what I'm saying? And I've had to like look at that shit and be like, okay, this is not healthy. And when I'm like communicating in this way, this does not help our union. It does not help what we are trying to build. And so I've had to like look within and see like the ways that my abandonment issues are showing up yeah. in my relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do feel like being with my husband um, and him just being like, hey, that's not that's not going to work for me. He said, I, I. Yeah, like, that's not going to work for me. Like, going to work for me. Like, you got to you gotta talk about this shit. And I feel like that's been, like, very helpful yeah. in helping me to heal these yeah. abandonment issues. Yeah. Um, also, it's like, due to the fact that my father wasn't there, I have this anxious slash avoiding attachment style and so like i'll be ready to do style you know what i'm saying yeah. and then yeah i'm hyper independent i feel that because i of course that's what i grew up with yeah because you know shit my mama had to be independent right, right, right. she got three kids yeah this nigga gone yeah. what i'm supposed to do right and so like i definitely see that those things show up in my relationship sometimes yeah and i've had to heal that i've had to try to i'm very Sometimes I'm very masculine in my energy. Yeah. And so I'm having to learn how to exist in a feminine way. Yeah. Which Me been, too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I mean, although I feel like <clears throat> I'm I'm soft, mm-hmm. I do feel like I I lack a lot of that feminine energy that I should have. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel that. And I have that avoidance. I, I'll, I'll get ghosts. Okay. I'll avoid them. I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't want to deal with it. And it's like <laughs> you approach it as though it's this protective thing. Yeah, exactly. But, but really, in actuality, it's this thing that, like, hinders you from deep relationships. Yeah. The mind will believe whatever you fucking tell it. So, for me, if I'm saying, no, nah, this, this is my defense mechanism, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that because I feel unsafe. Yeah. I felt so unsafe before. So, that I go to what I know. Yeah. What's familiar. Yeah. I feel you, man. For sure. I don't feel like I deal with like, well, I be I believe like in my early relationships, like when I was a teenager, like, yeah, I was more of a people pleaser. Yeah. But it's like a couple niggas do you wrong. All right. Y'all didn't activate my abandonment around this motherfucker. That's, guess what? No. Give the nigga the benefit of the doubt. Look at ass. Mm-hmm. Can't relate. Because I'm just like, <laughs> because it's just like, I didn't, my mindset was, well, I don't want to bring, carry on anything from my past relationship to my current relationship this nigga ain't that nigga so I'm trying to go about a different way but not knowing that I just attract the same motherfucking nigga in a different body you know what I'm saying and so for me I need to dial it back yeah I'm I'm trying to figure out why I'm attracting these and now like bringing this um, topic up has made me more aware of oh this is why you're tracking these type of niggas, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so it's imperative for me to heal because I truly desire for my daughter to see me in a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Now that she's seen me in unhealthy ones, she just haven't really seen me in much of one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I want to, I know that we, they often mimic what is modeled before them. And so I do place pressure on myself, but at the same time, I want to be patient with it too and trust that. What's for me was going to be for me, but I know if I don't get out, <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna be nobody. Mm-hmm. It's a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
again, I'm in no rush yeah. like that because I know that I have shit that I need to work on. But the thing is, I desire to have someone who's patient and and with me who can grow with me on yeah. that journey and can provide for me those that safe space I need to to thrive in. My thing that I would say to you is just to remember that that is possible. Yeah. I and I and I and I know that. Okay. I've seen it. Okay. It's just like I said, I don't really put myself out there to cross paths. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking the other day. I was like, this bitch be telling me about these niggas and I ain't never met one of her boyfriends. Not a one. She be like, that nigga gone. Oh, okay. Well, in and out. That's good, I guess, because I ain't like them no way. It's probably for the best. In and out, in and out. <laughs> um, I would say, like, what are you doing to actively, like, heal your father wounds? This. Okay. Um, Having these uncomfortable conversations that's imperative for my growth. Going to spaces that, um, that feel safe mm-hmm. and provide insight and let me know that I'm not alone. You know, I know that this is something that that unfortunately a lot of women have um, dealt with. Mm-hmm. Why I felt like I had to carry this shit by myself. I don't know. I don't know if it was some strength or that I felt like I felt like I would be weak. I don't know. I'm yeah. still unwrapping a lot of this shit. But um, I know now that it's. I've seen people come out on the other side mm-hmm. and I've seen the effects of people who have not healed yeah, or even, you know, desire to, they just felt too defeated or too broken. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I've ever felt too broken to heal. My process has been very slow. I've always been hopeful. I always knew that it was possible. I just didn't know what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And so um, being in spaces like this, having these conversations, like I said, going to therapy, um, and just opening up, yeah, allowing shit to flow. Like I said, we was talking about releasing a lot of shit. Like I think my shoulder, I was I was having some pain earlier. I'm feeling a little lighter already because mm-hmm. I'm holding on shit, holding on to shit that wasn't intended for me to carry, mm-hmm. but it's for me to be um, a blessing of some way to let someone else know that. All right, so so she struggled. Like I ain't the only one. You can definitely do it. And it's going to take some time. Give yourself grace and find a safe space. And so that's what I'm doing. Give the girls a message. I love it. I love it. It's beautiful. But yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, So my learning experience and healing experience, Mm -hmm. it's been through trial and error. Yeah. And so that's just been like my experience. I think a lot of my healing has come in my relationship. I always say yeah. that. But that's just my truth. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I it think really, so too. It, it is. Because like, I think it's like, it's great when you can experience these things and grow with someone who's understanding. Yeah, that support mm-hmm. is a lot. That security. That's, yeah. And that's something that I feel like both men and women desire. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We did, We both desire security. But if you can get in a space or with a have someone to share that with, mm-hmm. that shit is just beautiful to me. And yeah. it gives me so much hope. Yes. Girl, you going to find a husband. I mean, he out there. I know. I'll Email be- us at <laughs> girlswhohealpodcast at gmail.com. I will screen you. I will I run know. a background check. 
Don't this be my PR. You're right I'm going to check it. Okay, now. <laughs> Um, but before we get into the next section, I yeah. want to talk about ways to heal your father wounds. Yeah. So things like forgiveness. And I need the girls to understand. Yeah. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily have to do with that other person. Right, right, right. It's like forgiving self is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, just even if it is forgiving that other person, it's, it's like, not for them. Yeah, it's not for them. It's for you. It's for you. Yeah. So you can move on. Yeah. Uh, recognizing that you are more than your wounds. Accepting that you have dysfunctional beliefs and behaviors, mm-hmm. honey. That acceptance can be hard sometimes. It, <laughs> <laughs> and then seeking therapy. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, if it is safe for you to do so, talking to your father. Yeah. So if it's safe. Yes. Safe is the key word there. Yeah. All right. So before we get into the next section, we're going to have a quick message from our sponsors at the Goddess Energy have <laughs> Affirmation Deck, 54 affirmations to remind you that you are a goddess. Yes. We also have a coloring book filled with beautiful illustrations and affirmations just to help you give a booster up to, booster upper to your life. I feel that. Okay. <laughs> and right. to your inner child. All right. Period. Yes. Color them pages, baby. <laughs> All right. I am whole. Mm-hmm. I do not seek validation from others. I validate myself. Amen. Woo woo, I feel that okay. The link will be in the description. Exactly. All right, but um, so we're gonna read our advice segment. Um uh we will answer listeners' questions that ties into the healing journey. And if you're looking for advice, email us at girls who heal podcast at gmail.com and we might feature a question on the upcoming upcoming episode. God that damn, word always makes I mean, up, God baby. damn, they need to just Okay, dear girls who heal, I am on my healing journey and have found that it is very isolating. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am constantly losing friends. How do I communicate my changing needs without hurting my friends? Is it okay to outgrow certain friendships? Can I find a way to balance my healing journey with maintaining these connections? I feel like I'm at a crossroads and I don't want to make decisions that I might regret. Thanks in advance, Brick. Hmm. I feel like we get this question a lot. Yeah. Um, so Britt, um <sighs> separation can bring about elevation. And so if you're Don't friend, pass it. I'm just saying, okay. seriously, the friends that's that are your true friends will be there. And so they'll be willing to grow with you through your um your healing journey. Um and so sometimes don't feel the need to maintain those connections because maybe you are outgrowing those connections and it's okay to evolve because you're going to be put in spaces where um, you're going to run across the paths of people who are going to give you what you need, you know, during that that time in your life. And if, if in fact that those people that you had connection with previously are meant to be, it'll be, you know, don't force anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but focus on you. If you feeling the need to, you feeling that pressure, I would say definitely go with that. Um, and they just have to be understanding. And it don't feel good. It's going to feel uneasy because you're being pushed out of your comfort zone. But it's it's necessary for growth. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what I would say. That's good advice. Girl. I, I mean, you can have an open conversation to say you can sit them down if you want to. I don't really feel like. I don't know the depths of y'all relationships, but if you feel like it, you know, have a conversation. This is where I'm at in my life. I think any friend will truly understand it and give you that space and grace that you need to navigate that. 
Mm-hmm. Girl, I understand. Mm-hmm. Do you boo? Like, you know, um, you need a little space. I understand. Like, I don't, like I say, I don't talk to m- my friends every day, but we have this unspoken thing. And so I, I accept them for where they are and, and it's reciprocated. Mm-hmm. I don't feel no pressure. You shouldn't really feel pressure. Yeah. Beautiful. I think that's great advice. Um, mm-hmm. What I'll say is, what's your name? Brit. <laughs> Everybody can't go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Listen to it. Understand it. Yeah. Let it sit in your spirit. Yeah. Okay. Because sometimes when you are on your healing journey, you find that the people that you're around, the situations that you're surrounded by, those things don't suit you anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to let those things go. It's okay to release those things because guess what? Everybody can't go. Yeah. And if you keep those people keep taking up space, yeah. then baby, guess what? Your blessings going to be blocked. holding you back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, but at the same time, I like to say that we should... Be showing grace in friendships. Sure. Um, everybody don't have to be on the healing journey. Sometimes it might be you, Britt. Okay? Right. Um, Maybe the catalyst. Yeah. But, like, know. it's like you have to have those open conversations like what Ashley was saying. Because if it's your real friend, like, y'all might just need a break from each other. Yeah. And y'all could come back around to mm-hmm. it. And it's okay. Like, yeah. so I think, like, communication is a big thing. Yeah. From there, you'll see how to navigate things. Yeah. Um, but honestly... You just got to trust your intuition yeah, in these situations. Definitely. Uh, and that conversation can be something that changes your whole trajectory. Because yeah. I think people be avoiding conversations yeah. with their friends sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, if this your homegirl, like yeah. you say it is, she should be open to what you're saying. Exactly. You know what That's I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Like, your true friends will, should definitely be understanding. It's like, okay, Richard, if you want to go to the club, that's cool for you. Right. But I don't want to go. Like, right. And it's like, your friend going to understand that. And yeah. it's like, they don't they don't mean that y'all not friends right. or that y'all can't be aligned. Exactly. It just means, girl, you call you call your other friends for that type right. of shit. Right. You call me when you need encouragement, <laughs> when you need to talk about yoga or healing or anything like that. That's the friend I am. Right, right. All right. That's my advice, girl. Exactly. Thank awesome. you. Thank you, Britt. all right but before we wrap up we want to remind our listeners that if you're a small business and would like to advertise to our incredible community you can email us at girlswhohealpodcast at gmail.com we would love to support your business and share it with our listeners yeah and don't forget to like share and subscribe to girls who heal and follow us on all platforms at girls who heal podcast and at our personal pages at Healing with Anisha. And at underscore elevating me. We appreciate you joining us on this healing journey. Until next time, keep growing and glowing. Peace. Peace.